Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. Bibles to 1 Corinthians 5. That's where we are today. Um, we're going to keep building off of this, obviously, because we're reading like a chapter at a time. We're getting through this. I would encourage you, like if you missed last week or you missed the week before or something like that and you're missing a chapter, is go back and listen to it. You can go on our website and it's all there. You can go and hear this because we're building each time, okay? And it's just, Paul, th- this is really such an amazing letter. I hope you gain more of an appreciation for Paul, even, as he writes this, um, because there is this tension of, of, really, he's been wronged. As Royce was talking about, he's been wronged by the Corinthian church, but he's still speaking in a way that's loving and merciful, but also this idea of up- upholding discipleship in Jesus. And he's building this case and remember last week, what he really kind of settled on and he asked the Corinthian church to imitate him in was being a steward of God's church, right? Of being what he called a servant and a steward. A servant was in, literally meaning an under rower, somebody who they're told what to do. They're in the bottom of the ship rowing and they're rowing because there's somebody saying, listen, row right now. Okay, and then the steward is somebody that the that the owner takes and puts in charge of their property, every part of the property and said, now, listen, I'm turning it over to you to take good care of, to take care of it the way I would take care of it. And so Paul is essentially telling the Corinthians and us as well that as disciples, we don't get to like trim the message to make it palatable for us today. Like the kingdom has been set in front of us and we don't get to go, no, 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 this is no, but you don't mean this and all of these kind of things. It's the idea of going, man, we've been, Jesus has loved us and shared with us and told us and we're just stewards and servants unashamedly, right? That, that can be something that can sneak in. Like, oh man, I don't want to share this with my friends. I don't want to share this with my, my, my boss. I don't want to share these things because really when I say it, I'm a little bit ashamed instead of going, oh, I'm not ashamed of anything Jesus taught nothing, right? I mean, this is, if in fact this brings life, if in fact this brings life, there's nothing to be ashamed of. But we're going to read something here in 1 Corinthians 5. He begins to get very specific and a lot of, uh, in in your heading right there, uh, and and when you read this, the first verse, it's widely reported that there's sexual immorality among you. All right, now, that's when, like, people hold their breath. They're like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) You know, here's what I want to start with, though. And I know we've got middle schoolers. We've got elementary school students. We got a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of folks in here, different ages, different experience, single, married, all of these things. Right. And so as we get into this, because this section right here is primarily not about sexual sin. But chapter six, it will be like we will get into that. 
But I want our minds to be very clear um, that God's design for sex is good. All right. It's not embarrassing. And I think that that's one of those things that even in our world, it's like, oh, man, it's so embarrassing and, and all these things. Yes, it's personal. It's not something that you go and just kind of like lay out there to everybody. But it is. Listen, we go back to Genesis 1. and Gen When God created something, he said it's good. OK, now we get weird. It's funny. The world gets weird about sex. The church gets weird about sex. It's just like there's this strangeness of even like a pressure Okay, of going, oh, man, if, if this is good, then I have to like, you know, uh, like there's this expectation that I need to be a certain way in a sexual relationship and go, man, here's the deal is, is really the pressure's off. God created something that was good, but he created it in its place and in its time. Okay, and so that's really important as we start out here is, is to, first of all, because he's going to talk about some things, say, y'all stop doing this. And it's really easy to read and go, man, it's just bad. Sex is bad. The sexual relationship is bad. What God created is bad. This isn't good, you know, and all these things. And I just want us to be connected to that side of it, of, of, of there, there is healthy goodness Amen. in God's creation here, okay? But he does start out right in verse 1. And so think about that. If we were the Corinthian church sitting here and, the leader of the church, let's say, is reading this letter that Paul wrote. And he said, it's widely reported that there's sexual immorality among you. All right. And remember, we're not talking about a church of 100 or 200 or 300 people. Right. We're talking about a smaller church. People knew each other. Remember, chapter one, Paul said, hey, some from Chloe's household have told me about some other households. OK, so it wasn't like this. Oh, man, who is that family over there? Like 8000 people over. No, no, no. It's like, oh, man, Chloe's in trouble, maybe. You know, Chloe's always talking. I get no, no, no. But, but here's the thing is he says it's widely reported and we have to hear what they hear. Okay. This was so important, okay, because this idea of sexual morality here, this is a very simple definition. Super simple. It's any sexual activity outside of a married relationship between a man and a woman. Anything. So you're going, well, well what about this, Keith? What about this thing over here? Listen, if it's not a sexual relationship between a man and a woman, he's saying this, this is the parameter. Now, he's not saying that the world's going to follow that. He, he's not saying that, hey, I'm unleashing the church to go out and, and, and like be the police officers of the world on this. But if you're going to be in the church, this is going to be a standard on this. All right. And so a lot of times we can do all kinds of craziness, but he starts very simply. So, again, hear the word that they heard. All right, because, you know, hey, man, me and Abby have done campus ministry long enough where it's like you hear every question under the sun. But Keith, is this sex? But Keith, is this sex? But Keith, is this? But what about this? But what about if you go this far? And what if you go that? Hey, listen, man, I'll give you one word. This word right here. <laughs> OK, are you married? No. OK. <laughs> All right. Stop. Stop doing that. OK. <laughs> right. And so. So anyway, hearing what they heard, he says, it's widely reported, okay? Uh, that that kind of makes you swallow, swallow hard a little bit. Uh, and he said, it's not even the kind of sexual morality that's tolerated among the Gentiles. He said, a man is living with his father's wife, and you're inflated with pride instead of filled with grief, okay? Um, so again, Cor Corinth, a highly sexualized community, it, same as us, 
He's saying, man, there are things going on in the church that even the Corinthians think is absolutely wrong. Right? There, there's a man and he's in a re- sexual relationship with his stepmom. All right? in, in Corinth, that was a crime to a Corinthian. All right? And so he's going, this is going on. It's widely reported. It's not a secret. But you're being inflated with pride. Like, essentially, the church is like, we're awesome, though. Because of Apollo, like you remember this whole argument of like, they're so worried about who they're going to follow, Apollos and Paul. And they're so kind of like all divided. And he's going, man, you guys are fighting with one another and you're so proud of who knows the most and who's the most educated and all these things. He said, you forget there's your own church is living with a standard below even the Corinthians. All right. And, And so can you imagine the weight? I think it's okay for us to feel that weight. All right, it, it, it's to feel this and go, man, this is heavy. This, this is heavy right here, okay? And, and, and he goes on, he said, you're inflated with pride instead of being filled with grief so that he who's committed this act might be removed from your congregation. For though I'm absent in body, but present in spirit, I've already decided about the one who's done this thing as though I were present. When you're assembled, In the name of our Lord Jesus, with my spirit and with the power of our Lord Jesus, turn that one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord. Your boasting isn't good. Don't you know that a little yeast permeates the whole batch of dough? Clean out the old yeast so that you may be a new batch. You're indeed unleavened. For Christ, uh, for Christ, our Passover has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us observe the feast not with old yeast or with the yeast of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in a letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. I did not mean the immoral people of this world or the greedy, the swindlers, the idolaters. Otherwise, you'd have to leave the world. But now I'm writing to you to not associate with anyone who claims to be a believer who is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater, verbally abusive, a drunkard, a swindler. Don't even eat with such a person. For what business is it, mine to, what business is it of mine to judge outsiders? Don't you judge those who are inside? But God judges the outsiders. Put away the evil person from among yourselves. That's a hard chapter to hear. The, the first question right here, okay, that as a community we've got to think about is if the Corinthian church was plopped right down next to us, all right, and we heard this going on, would we be like, oh my goodness, that, that, that's, that shouldn't happen that way. Would we be appalled, all right, for the most for the most part in Christianity in general, any kind of church discipline has been completely like, it's gone. It doesn't exist any longer. So we have to kind of ask ourselves this question, man, why is Paul teaching the church this? All right, and he's saying, guys, you are prideful. You're not full of grief. It says you're, you're boasting. There's this yeast coming through, right? That's leavening the whole batch. So we're going to take a little bit of a look at this. Um, and again, there may be some things that you hear and you go, I don't know if I agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right. I, 
hopefully that will always happen to some degree when we're reading the Bible. Because if our standard is I'll only go along with what I already agree with, we can't be disciples. There's no way. That's not faith. That's not lordship. That's not anything. It's when we come to something, we're like, man, I don't know if I'm here on this. Then we keep digging. We keep going. We don't go, hold on a minute. I'm going to change my whole standard of Christianity. Right. So you may run up on some things and go, man, I'm going to need some time. And I'm going to need some time to pray and to study and to talk. And that's great. We're going to keep doing that, right? But here's the interesting thing about uh, 1 Corinthians 5 here, um, is we start to see that the standard of the church is crumbling. Right? What the standard is of the church. I want you to think about it. What is the standard that we live by? All right, because that's, that's going to come into play here in a minute, right? Well, what is a standard? Is something considered by an authority or by general consent as a basis of comparison, a, an approved model, right? Is this idea of our standard is Jesus? We go, that, there's nothing that can be below the standard of Jesus, all right? He's, he's already been there, and that thought might even just right there, you're going, man, I don't know about that, Keith. And this, this is going to be difficult because, again, the world we live in, but also when you live in a college town, all right? Believe me, churches everywhere are screaming to not lose college students and saying, no, it's okay. Don't let somebody judge you. Don't let, man, it's, it's all of these crazy things. And, and, and what I'm just going to ask everybody to do is take a deep breath and go, hold up a minute. Let's not slander the word of God. Like, we have to be really careful about that. Because again, you could slant. That's fine. You could, you could hate me. You could be upset with me. You can do all those things, but you still have to take a breath and go, hold on a minute. You know what? Keith didn't say that. And, and Paul probably didn't want to say that, <laughs> you know, and going, hold up a minute. This is something we've got to dig into, right? This is, this is something really important. Their standard had decreased, okay? First Peter 1 all right, just, just some reminders for us so we're on the same page. It's so important that we're speaking the same language, okay? Because, again, we can't use the Scripture for what it was never meant to be used for, all right? But sometimes what ends up happening, we arm ourselves with Scriptures to, like, throw at things that don't mean anything having to do with that. Pa- okay, for instance, like, what, what is this? Well, man, I'm saved by the blood of Jesus, Okay, then what does that have to do with you continually living in sexual sin? Okay, we throw that like to shut people up. Well, it's all about the blood of Jesus. Then then, then you should be doubly just overwhelmed if that's the answer. Saved by the blood of Jesus. Then, Then you already there. You should feel completely under the weight of the Holy Spirit. All right? And yeah, I mean, there's so many, we, we have, we arm ourselves with scriptures to kind of go, hold up a minute, man. You're not going to tell me I need to stop doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. All right. And so first Peter, Peter writes this as be, as obedient children, don't be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. Here's what he's saying. Listen, before you were a disciple, listen, don't be conformed to that way of thinking. Don't be conformed to what you, the way you used to think, how you used to think, the way your friends used to think. Don't be conformed to that. But as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all of your conduct. 
right? So again, thinking through that, holy, what on earth is he talking about there? You know, because remember, we're, we're defining some terms as we go. And one of the terms we've been talking about is church, which is this assembly of people who are called out of the world, right? There needs to be a distinctive difference. And he's saying, here's the reason the church will be distinct, not because you're weird. All right, not because you made up your own like language and your own like little slang terms and all of that. I mean, that I'm telling you, man, that junk drives me crazy is, is when Christianity, we, we think we're together because we agree on slang terms. Right. It, that absolutely drives me. And I'm not going to bring up some of those, but you, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's the idea of being holy because he's holy, being set apart because he's set apart. Okay. And so it's this idea, we've got to ask ourselves this question. Is this how we like, would categorize ourselves in the way we live life? Like in a way that I, I want to be set apart. Now understand that, that's not self-righteous. That doesn't mean looking down on people. That means, no, no, no. See, the king, he's over here and he's this way and I want to be just like him. Right. We sing songs. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of you. And then sometimes in our lives we're going, but not that much. Yeah. Right. I want more of you. It makes me feel euphoric to do what I want to do. Yeah. He's saying, no, man. I mean, you got to keep coming out of the world. OK, that's going to be our challenge as long as we're on this planet is to continually come out. So Peter says, here's the deal. Is the standard has to always be the standard in the church. It's okay to have that conversation, all right? When, when we are living by another standard, it's okay. We're supposed to encourage one another and teach one another and admonish one another and go, hey, remember, the standard is Jesus, is not me. And it's not my weakness, and it's not all of these things, right? He says in 1 John 2, this is how we know we're in him. One who says he remains in him shall walk just as he walked. Right. I, I love this passage. It's simple. Man, how do I know I'm a Christian? Do you walk like Jesus? That should sound really hard, too. There's a side of you going, man, Keith, but I'm a, I don't know, man. I mess up. I, now, now, here's the cool thing is Jesus is like, listen, I didn't forget about you guys and, and your, your imperfections and stuff. I'm going to give you the gift of repentance. I'm going to give you the gift of mercy and grace and all these things, okay? But it's got to be the way he says it needs to be, <laughs> okay? It can't be like, no, I'm living in this sin, and he's, he, he, he granted me repentance, and I'll get to it someday. It's like, no, man, I'm stopping right here. Why? I want to walk like him, right? I want to walk like him. Repentance should be a lifestyle that me and you are living in every way. It's not just big things. It isn't just big things. It's, oh, man, what's my attitude right now? How do I love people right now? How am I talking to people when I'm out in public? Am I just these little tweaks where I'm going, man, I don't think I'm being like Jesus. Or I'm having people in my life who are going, man, Keith, I don't know. You're, you're missing the point here. And, and us needing to be really comfortable with going, oh, okay, let me change how I'm thinking here. This is a continual thing. This isn't like, you know, a little bit here and there and we do bad things. And so here's the deal. Here's the deal when it came to that standard is the Corinthians decided we're going to go ahead and tolerate sin. Specifically, he starts out with this idea of like you're tolerating a relationship, a sexual relationship. That is, uh, listen, the, the world is talking about you guys aren't distinct. 
You're, you're worse than the world in how you're living. He's like, but you're tolerating it. Okay. Th- this is a crazy word. For us today, it's crazy. And, and this may be a word that absolutely triggers you. Right? And all I'm going to do is say, put your seatbelt on. Just do. Just like, okay, breathe, okay? Because this is the question. Why do we struggle so much with that? Like, that has become like the, the like, like ground zero of humanity. It's almost like, man, if you don't tolerate everything, you're the worst. Like, the only people that should be not tolerated are the intolerant. Except we don't even believe that. Let me ask you this. How much arsenic would you tolerate in your water? What if the city, what if the city called you and said, hey, we don't quite know how much. Would you be alarmed that the city is tolerating? All right. What about, the, hey, you want to know what? COVID vaccine is coming out. It's out. Some of us have it in us, Right. And what if they were like, man, I don't know, we kind of, our tolerance of this was kind of like we were all over the map. Like there's, some of them were really bad and some of the samples were really good. You'd be like, I'm not tolerating that. Or if your pharmacist was like, no, this is kind of like aspirin. This is kind of like an antibiotic. This is kind of like an anti-inflammatory. You'd be like, no, I'm not tolerating that. There are things that we absolutely don't tolerate. But then there becomes this idea of, man, once this word comes up, it's like, oh my goodness. And, and here's really one of the reasons is because the world has defined it instead of the church. All right, that, that's, that's a problem. When the world starts defining things that the church goes, yeah, that's the definition. We're in trouble. Because what the world is defining is, man, if you're not tolerating something, it's because you hate people. It's because you want to shame people. It's because you want to make people feel disrespected or judged or something like that. And, and let me ask you, if you've read any part of Jesus' gospel, does that sound like anything Jesus taught? Does he talk about sin? Does he teach about sin? And then say, hey, now go out and shame people and judge them and be mean to them and be disrespectful to them. But here's the thing. We've bought into a definition. And now all of a sudden we start saying to ourselves, hold on a minute. Who am I to judge? All right. That statement right there, Paul took care of at the end of this passage. Like, it shouldn't even be talked about in a church. Like, who am I to judge? Paul says right at the end of 1 Corinthians 5, we're supposed to judge the church. Like, we, we don't judge outside the church. Isn't it easy to do that, though? Man, it's, it's super easy because we're all like one big like little group of people that we kind of feel good about ourselves. It's so easy to go, man, look at out there in the world. All those people who don't say they're Christians, look at how bad they are. He's saying, man, you let God handle all that. Right? I mean, stop worrying about that. You got to look in your own house. (laughs) Okay? And so it's the idea of, yeah, you want to know what? Me and you have to do that. We have to make a judgment about sin. And we have to talk about that. It's not okay to go, man, I don't know. Oh, Keith's living in sexual sin. Who am I to judge? Right. We're all hey man. We're all human. We're all going to mess up all of these things. This is what the world has taught the church to believe in. Right. You should be ashamed to make a judgment about sin. 
That's what the world is telling us. Okay? And so we have to decide which one are we going to go for. Or I'm going to go find a group that tells me that I'm right. I'm going to go find a group that tells me that that's wrong. I'm going to go find a group. That, okay, that's, that's fine. Here's the deal. We all at one point are going to have to stand and give an account. You know, and there isn't a time as a church leader and as a teacher, there's not a time I can go, man, but you know what? That thing you wrote, Jesus, I, people don't like that. Like it makes people feel bad. It hurts people's feelings. So I didn't do it. And I could hear Jesus going, when did you become Lord? You know, like Job, like the end of Job. Man, where were you when I created the kingdom? Where were you when I invented people? But we can do that. We put ourselves in place of, of God and go, no, 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 this doesn't make sense to me. And so the standard has to come down, right? Because now we don't want to deal with sin. And all of a sudden we're like, oh my goodness, we're, we're just eating up the world's philosophy about discipleship. And we're ashamed to even talk to anyone. And, and worse than that, here's the thing is, we're, or we're shamed into, into just being silent and we don't practice. How do we communicate the gospel to a culture that is telling us we should be ashamed in Jesus? That takes practice. That takes a lot of Holy Spirit power, right? But this is the deal that we've got to look at. They were tolerating sin. The question we should ask ourselves here is, is but what does Jesus say? Instead of arguing about what's tolerated and what's not tolerated, if we're going to follow Jesus, we should go back and say, well, what does he say about this? You know, what, what is he talking about? This is many of our favorite passages generally when we're in sin. John 8, the woman caught in adultery. I can't tell you, as a young disciple and growing, my worst times when I was just struggling with sin, I was like, this is the only verse I like. <laughs> you know, you know where, where Jesus shoes off the Pharisees who are like, we're going to stone that woman. He's like, well, let the first one that has no sin cast the first stone. And we go, that's what it should be like. Right. And so now we've created this dynamic of going, yeah, so what I sinned? You didn't you mean you don't sin? No, don't throw a rock at me. OK, yeah, don't. OK, yeah, we agree on that. But that doesn't mean you go, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's OK. I got my sin. You got your sin. It's cool. But Jesus didn't even it's not like he was like, hey, don't stone the woman. He's like, hey, you know, they're kind of leaving. And then he, and he says, come here now. This isn't tolerable. <laughs> you can't live this way. Go and sin no more. All right. Remember, he didn't say, hey, go and try to be better. Go and try to sin no more. He said, N -n -n, listen, can you imagine seeing Jesus locking eyes with him? And he's going, hey, listen, I'm going to talk to you. Go and sin no more. <laughs> Whoa. Right. And, and then do, do you see all of these gymnastics we play like these spiritual gymnastics? Oh, but Keith, so you're saying that people cannot sin. Hey, man, back up a second. Jesus said, go sin no more. All right. If our standard becomes, well, I'm sinning anyway. So what's the big deal? Then believe me, that's a very slippery slope to go down that Jesus is not saying we should be doing. Right. In Revelation chapter two. Jesus said this. He said, I know your works. He said this to the Ephesian church. I know your labor. 
I know your endurance. I know you cannot tolerate evil. All right, that's a good thing. I left out the part where Jesus was like, you know, let me shift into third gear and help you out on some other areas. But in this specific case, it's like, man, I get it. I see it in Ephesus. You guys won't tolerate evil. There's a difference in come as you are and stay as you are. Okay, this this has to stop being the standard of Christianity. Like, hey, come to my church and come as you are. That's not the standard. You're, you're being fooled, okay? Because somebody, you're leaving something off. Come to my church. Come as you are. Absolutely come as you are. But if I don't tell you the next part, I'm tricking you. You can't stay that way. Well, what are you going to do? We're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow his Bible. We're not just going to, like, acquiesce into the culture here, okay? So, hey, if we're going to use this, let's be honest, Okay? Of saying, yeah, hey man, absolutely. Come as you are. But buddy, if I believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the community of faith, then it would be crazy for me to go, hey, come, you may not change, but it's cool that you stay the same way. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine when the church loses its faith in the power of the resurrection? Right? But that happens. We're just like, no, 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 just come as you are. Don't let anybody judge you. So here's the deal. As we read through 1 Corinthians 5, here's really the thing. And me and you have to decide this as we go through this. Because clearly what he's teaching here is he said, you want to know what the the guy that's doing that? You should put him out of the fellowship. You you should put him out of the fellowship. Wow. All right. And, and, And remember, he goes on and he says, I'm not talking about you having fellowship in the world because... Man, Jesus is even saying that they're not following me. But but in here, don't even eat. Don't even eat with that person. Okay. And and, and this is this this idea of somebody who's going, yeah, I'm continuing in this sin. What would happen just in our Christian culture of today if, in fact, the church began having conversations. I mean, anyone that called themselves brothers had conversations and going, dude, I know you're sleeping with your girlfriend. <laughs> Listen, you can repent or I can't have fellowship with you. When was the last time that conversation was had? Okay, now, now I know there's some folks, man, you, quick draw McGraw, man. I mean, you're going, the minute a brother like, confesses something, don't pull fellowship from him, okay? Yeah. You're going, the first thing, you're going, I'm not even eating with you, okay? <laughs> because here's the deal, right? Is, is, this is so important not to get caught up into this, okay, this is what I don't do, this is what I don't do, this is what I don't do. And we're going, hold on a minute, there's a very important reason why you don't do it this way, because you can't give, You can't love. You can't sacrifice yourself because you're so absorbed in yourself and your pleasure and how you want to do things. That's why it can't be in the community. It is like yeast. It will ruin the dough. Right? And so it's this idea of, oh, you mean he wants me to do something different? Sacrificing myself for others, protecting others' purity. You know, I mean, really going out of my way to be encouraging at all costs, right? 
And so let's keep that in mind because, again, it could be like, oh, man, Keith's such a drag. It's like he started out saying sex was good, and now it's just like, don't do that, don't do that, don't like a nagging guy. You know, I'm just like, hey, back up a second. And, and what he's saying is, listen, if you do this, believe me, you will not only bring, like, just ill repute on Jesus, but the entire community. And you know what's funny is? We have that today. Yeah. The, the, listen, the... the the reputation of Christianity in our city is not good, <laughs> okay? It isn't. People go, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a few folks that are doing it. But overall, oh, man, I don't know about the Holy Spirit's power. I don't know about Jesus in this place. I don't know because people, listen, I was in college. I knew how it was. It's like I remember sitting in a church and going, oh, dang, we were all like doing really bad stuff a few hours ago, Okay. And looking around going, oh, no, <laughs> this can't be good, right? We've got to decide, are we going to be the steward or the king? Right, which one are we going to be? Are we going to understand the kingdom of God and go, hey, listen, God has given us this, this absolute, like, clear picture of this is the expectations of living in his kingdom. And in fact, he tells you that the greatest part is he makes you whole and new and cleanses you to be a part of it. Not so we can get into the kingdom and then start going, oh, no, 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 you don't have to do it that way. You don't have to do it that way. That's not good. You can't do it. Mm -mm. But going, hold on. What does our king say? We're just stewards. We're just stewards. Okay. But he goes on here because, again, this can be one of those things where it's just all about sexual morality. But, but let's read this here. Uh, he said, um, now, verse 11, I'm writing to you now not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer who is sexually immoral or greedy or an idolater, verbally abusive, a drunkard, a swindler. All right. Do, do you see? You see what's happening? Like he's going, hold on a minute. Like, yeah, I'm talking about that one couple specifically, and that needs to be dealt with. But here's the real thing. It's like in the church, are we that serious? And going, man, I don't know. Is that, is that a big, yeah, is, is that a big deal, like, to be greedy? Is that really a big deal? I mean, you're going to not eat with someone because they're greedy? But, but here's the thing is, you want to know what, when brothers and sisters, when we're greedy, that's the complete opposite of discipleship in Jesus. You can't be generous. You can't be merciful. You can't be graceful because everything is about you got to get more, Right? An idolater, a slanderer, a thief, a drunkard, all of these things where we can be tempted to go, man, that's not as big a deal. Yeah. Now, again, what we're not talking about is like, let's say Lauren, you know, Lauren goes to eat with Aaron afterwards. She's like, man, you know what? I, I, I confess this being verbally abusive or something like that. And Aaron's like, take my order back. You know, we, we got to go hold up a minute. Let me call you to repentance. OK, that's really, really, really important. All right, let's talk about that. And unfortunately, like my fear is what happens is we get caught up more in how people are feeling at that moment than helping them like get out of this deadly sin, right? Because here's the thing, when we're in sin, we won't feel good. It feels horrible and it should, right? It feels miserable and it should, all right? And so listen, there is nothing better than somebody in, in a loving way to go, listen, you know you can't stay this way, right? right? Let's look and see how Jesus, man, you know, 
you know, it, you, and then you sit down and you're like, now I have a partner to help me out with this. Like, let's sit down and look at this. And now I'm repenting and this isn't okay. Right. And I think that's where sometimes we stop. We want to change something, but we don't put our foot down and go, this is not okay in God's church. Okay. And so again, this is very uncomfortable. It's probably pretty uncomfortable conversations, but it's not just a conversation here and there. This is why we do small groups. This is why we kind of go, okay, we got to get us in this, because here's the, even in a small church, you got to get smaller, okay? And then even among that small group, you got to get a little smaller than that. You know why? Because these are the conversations we have to talk about. And go, Keith, how are you living really? Not let me encourage you from a standpoint of just, you know, a lot of times all we can do is like, let me tell you how awesome you are so you'll do better. When... I need honesty in love. There, there, to me, there's nothing more encouraging than that. All right? Because, again, nothing more discouraging than somebody's like, you're a jerk, you're a loser, you're a sinner, I'm not eating with you. Okay? We're going, not Jesus' way. But going, listen, come here. I love you. But, Keith, you can't stay this way. What's it going to take, man? Right? What, where can we go with this? All right, there is nothing more encouraging than that. All right, because you're like, okay, we're together. All right, not looking down on me, man, we are going for this, right? Are we going to be the steward or the king? Okay, and every one of us at some point, you run into that where, where you'll have fun and you're like, man, I'm really into some deep sin. Okay, man, those conversations, right? All of the one another things. Yeah, we love each other and we encourage one another and we correct one another and teach one another gently, respectfully. You, you know, it's interesting as a parent, I can speak to my children in a way that is very serious, that I'm not joking, right? That we're looking eye to eye and it doesn't have to be like screaming, Okay, it can be seriously like, listen, this is what I'm concerned about as a dad. All right, and I love you. My voice doesn't even have to get loud. Right, it doesn't. We're mistaking if we think it has to be. All right, but listen, we have to have those conversations because the opposite is if we wait for everybody to feel good to start doing good, it won't happen. It, it just won't, okay? This is what Jesus taught back in Matthew 18. He said, listen, here, here's the deal. If, if a brother sins against you, talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. And, and then if he's like, I'm not listening to you, then say, okay, let me bring somebody else in. Have you ever done that before? You ever done that? Say, hey, man, I need some help with this. Can you help me? With, man, I love this brother or this sister, but I need help. We're stuck. Okay, and then, no, man, I'm not listening to you either. Okay, hey, church, can we talk about this? Right? You go, man, what church is that? Like, that's Jesus' church, <laughs> right? Now, now, if you're really freaking out right now, you're thinking, is he going to do this every Sunday? <laughs> like, like, is this going to start being a part of the service? <laughs> like, we're just going to discipline? No, no, no. Here's the great thing about the Holy Spirit living inside of us. In my experience, the vast majority of times when you in love speak to one another in truth and honesty and uphold the standard of Jesus, you want to know what most, like, this incredibly huge number of brothers and sisters tend to go, I hear that. Okay, yeah, can you help me? 
All right. And there's even a smaller percentage that are like, oh, I got to bring somebody else in. Listen, here's the deal is if every single week we had to like, hey, church, we're going to talk about something. You know, it's Lucas again. You know, it, there's something wrong with the church at that point. OK, so no, the, this is not going to be on the order of service every Sunday. But me and you, we've got to agree on this. Like we have to understand this is how bad sin is. Like sin is meant. So we're just coming off of like this. We're getting out of this COVID pandemic, right? The, here, here's, this may be the most unpopular thing in the world, but there's like a huge chance that you won't die from COVID. I'm just saying, you're, he's not even a, you know, what do you think? You're a preacher. Like I'm just saying, it's true. Okay. But here's the deal is we, but here's the deal. Here's the deal though, is we have been so diligent and emotional and we have been so like, we have got to stop this. When you have like less than 5% death rate, and I'm telling you, sin is 100% death rate. What if COVID was 100%? You got it, you were dead. Okay? But here's the deal is, is, is and so whatever you think, like you're going, oh man, I hate you already. You just said something bad about COVID, okay? But, but here's the deal. I'm talking about sin. And if we take COVID this seriously, Shouldn't it like be just naturally that we're going, I'm tackling sin a hundred times more radically. And I'm expecting that in the church. Okay. We just read that. And here's the deal. Say, why? What's the big deal? What's it hurting? So what? Somebody slanders somebody. Somebody steals something. Somebody. Well, we talked about that. It's this idea of you can't be a disciple, but also it works its way through the entire church. Okay. It really is like yeast. And you're going, well, hold on a minute. But I'm not telling other people to do that. It doesn't matter. It, it's listen, it passed along. And that's really just like the truth. There's no like it just what. What even Paul is saying here, he's like, man, it just, it starts permeating through the whole church. And so you're going, man, thank God for repentance. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for grace. Right? In, in Romans, he said, man, do you show contempt for the riches of his mercy and grace? Because here's the deal. So what do I do with this? Okay. This might be one of those things. Here, here's what I'll share is initially these might be really hard conversations and it may be a conversation you have to have of going let me just i got to bring this into the light i got to talk about this more we've got to get some more help is listen just you've got to take that step because here's the thing is the longer you wait the harder your heart has to become okay that that's the really the truth the longer i hold back i have to harden my heart to not say something so now is always the best time today is always the best time Boy, what do you think about that chapter? Goodness gracious, Paul. Woo! Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's not slowing down here, okay? And again, just keeping in mind, here's, here's what we've got to remember. This is why the Holy Spirit's so important. Let's not get into like this, oh, we're just like waiting back and getting beaten up by sin. It's the idea of, no, 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 no. I have put my Holy Spirit in you. 
and it's about power and change and transformation. And so all of a sudden, here's you might be feeling reading that and get, oh man, I'm, beat, I'm getting beat up. But man, you've been equipped. If you've, listen, when you've been baptized into Jesus and you become a disciple and the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, okay? It's that idea of going, no, no, no. Listen, I don't have to sit back and get beat up. Like, let's advance forward if the Holy Spirit is really this powerful. All right, if it really is, we're not sitting back and getting beat up. We're moving forward and going, hold on a minute. Let's be the church. Let's be disciples. Let's bring honor to his name, even among maybe a city, a community, a state, a nation that kind of looks at Christianity and is like, I don't know. Seems hypocritical. We're going to pray. Singers can come on up. We're going to pray, and then we're going to have our last song, and, uh, and then we'll be dismissed from that point, okay? So, uh, so generally, after these kind of sermons, it's kind of like the silence. You're just like, oh, man, who's going to be the first person to say something? Hey, deep breath. <laughs> deep breath. Here, here's why I'm saying that, okay? It's because, dude, the, the gospel is about, like, okay, take a deep breath. We're, we're here Let's take advantage of being here. We're among people, right? It's not too late, but we got to get in there, okay? But just take a deep breath. Don't walk out of here like, hold your breath. I'll tank you. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.